Thank you everyone for joining part two of our four-part series on mastering Octopart. This uh, session is going to be on advanced search techniques. Uh, my name is Zachary Peterson. Most of you probably know me from many of the videos on the Ultium Academy YouTube channel. Um, my background, uh, for those of you who do know me, is uh, of course in academia, but later moved into industry and then started working on PCB designs. Um, in addition to working with Altium directly um, and working with Octopart, um, I do design for clients and of course am a copious user of Octopart. So I'm going to be very happy to show you some of the uh, workflows that I use and that uh, my designers use in order to find parts and help us manage builds for customers. So here's our agenda. Um, first thing we're gonna do is look at the types of data on Octopart, and I wanna delve into how power users leverage Octopart. Um, we're also gonna do a demo that shows some of these workflows that power users are implementing in order to leverage Octopart, uh, our Octopart's data set. Uh, and then we will get into a Q&A session. So let's go ahead and jump in. So most of you should know uh, Octopart's mission. Uh, Octopart's mission is to create a seamless search experience for electronic components. Um, you can search by specifications, even incomplete specifications. You can search in some other ways, such as by category or distributor. Um, you can, of course, search by full text, partial MPNs, full MPNs, any way you can think of. Octopart has an excellent search tool that helps you find the parts that you need. One of the main uh, ways that we use Octopart is, of course, listed down here, finding primary and alternate part numbers. And this is one of the things that power users are also using Octopart for. Now, just as an example here, I've pulled up a screenshot of a search query for a very common component, right? This is a 4.7 microfarad electrolytic capacitor. And you can see here just a sample of some of the, the data that is available for these components. Um, these components, um, of course, you know, the main specification is the 4.7 microfarads, but there are all of these other specifications, and I've actually cut it off on the left and the right side of the screen because there is so much data available for this uh, particular type of component. Um, 4.7 uh, microfarad uh, capacitors can of course have different voltage ratings, different ESR values, different lifetimes, and then different uh, uh, case sizes and things like this. So all of that is searchable within Octopart, and we'll show you how to implement some filtering strategies in order to take advantage of all of this uh, later in the webinar. One of the great things that you can access on Octopart is, of course, CAD models. And I think this is a big driver, uh, at least for our team, uh, of uh, which parts uh, we choose to use in uh, customer designs and in projects that we show on the YouTube channel. So access to CAD models is very important. Um, you can see here that uh, there are uh, multiple search partners that will provide uh, those CAD models uh, for free download. Um, so you can see here we have some from Component Search Engine. They offer the complete package, symbol, footprint, and 3D step file. Um, Snap EDA only has the footprint. Of course, if you look at a different component, you may see a totally different list of suppliers for this CAD data. So as you jump in, always check to see if there are CAD models. That can be a big time saver if you're planning to use these components, because I know I don't like making footprints, and I don't know a lot of other people that necessarily like making footprints either. This can help you save a lot of time doing that. 
another very useful tool is of course alternate part suggestions. Now alternate part suggestions can be very useful if you're looking for alternates or if you're searching for a part when your desired part goes out of stock. So I always like to stop here in this section of a parts page just because I uh, sometimes need to find a part when a desired part goes out of stock. So um, one thing you should note is that these are just suggestions. These are never guaranteed replacements. However, they're a good place to start looking for a potentially compatible component that can be a replacement for your desired part. I always say send it back to the engineer, make sure they qualify it, and make sure that uh, they are, uh, or that this uh, new part is going to pass in terms of uh, package and footprint compatibility, as well as some of the main specifications for your particular design. There are also some also see part lists here. Um, so these additional part suggestions could be alternates, um, such as we saw on the previous slide here. Um, they can also just be other parts that are popular for people who buy, for example, this commit component. Um, so it never hurts to check these out as well. You may find a part that's interesting. You may find a part that's a suitable replacement. And in fact, we can see here that at least in terms of case size, um, these parts are mostly compatible with each other and they may be working, uh, worth looking at in terms of finding a replacement uh, should this commit part go out of stock. Another very important factor that you have to look at um, in uh, volume production, um, as well as if your uh, particular design will have uh, some environmental compliance associated with it, is these compliance statements. Um, here on the left side of the slide, we have uh, available compliance statements for various parts. Um, you will see all of this information when you uh, navigate to a part page, and of course, all of this is searchable as well. So as we can see, we have lead-free and Rojas compliance listed. We have REACH. Um, REACH is uh, listing whether or not this contains um, hazardous chemicals, um, whether or not the component is radiation-hardened, and then you also have the manufacturer's Rojas, REACH, and conflict mineral statement. Um, and as I said, in the right side here, you can see that all of this is searchable. So you can prioritize lead-free versus non-lead-free components in your particular design if that's the route you need to go. Another thing that's very useful here, especially if you're planning to scale up into volume production, is to be able to see granular pricing data. So on parts pages, when you're looking at the distributors list, you will see that there's a little link here that says, see all price breaks. These price breaks are supplied directly from the distributors in each of these rows. And those price breaks are broken down, as you can see here at the header row in the top. Now, one thing that's also really useful here that I think people sometimes ignore is you see here that you have a currency list, and then here you have flags on the left-hand side. And these flags show you essentially where that distributor is located globally. So that is very useful, of course, if you are located overseas. Um, so maybe you're in Europe. Um, you might prefer to only purchase from European suppliers, uh, the reason being that they may be able to better uh, work within your production schedule and delivery timelines. Um, and then as you can see here, of course, these are listed in uh, uh, British pounds. So of course, you would need to convert this into dollars if you are spending in dollars and vice versa. So just take note of that. Um, but this geographical breakdown is very useful uh, depending on where you're located in the world and where you need to produce. 
Another great feature that was just recently added and something that I'm very excited about is the engineering resources section on parts pages. Now, of course, not all components have eval kits and reference designs, but some do, and this is just one example for a Texas Instruments uh, CC2620. So I've used this part in several designs, and I've had to access uh, the reference design uh, multiple times. Um, so if you need or are looking for a reference design, you can access those reference designs from parts pages. If the manufacturer has supplied them and made them publicly available, they will appear here in this section of a parts page. And as you can see, there are a lot of design resources to help you be successful when you're using this particular component. So here are some of the ways that power users are leveraging Octopart. Obviously the top one, finding new and alternate parts, um, I think that's the most common one. Um, and it's certainly the most common one for me. If I need to find a new, let's say, uh, particular ASIC, um, I can run over to Octopart, type in a description, type in a common name for that type of ASIC, or just start typing in a part number family, I'm able to find new parts as well as an alternate for that part. Um, another common instance that um, we've found out uh, when talking from, uh, with customers is um, quoting for customer jobs for turnkey manufacturers. So when uh, the manufacturer or the, or the uh, assembler um, is tasked with uh, procuring parts for a customer build, they can come to Octopart and use their BOM to then generate quotes and optimize pricing for those builds. Um, something else that you can do with your BOM is to scrub and then download a copy of the BOM. So scrubbing the BOM is very important. Uh, of course, if you need to uh, take a BOM, identify all of the obsolete end of life or out of stock parts, and then remove those or replace those with alternates, you can do that inside of Octopart using the BOM tool. Um, another very popular one is, of course, locating new distributors. Some companies have preferred distributors. I think they prefer distributors for a variety of reasons, but of course, sometimes your distributor may go out of stock on something and you need to find a new distributor in a pinch. So this is another one that's very common for me. Um, sometimes we use specialty parts that aren't uh, purchasable at high volume, and so we need to find a second distributor or even a third distributor in order to procure the quantity we need. Octopart will help you do that. And then another feature is you have the ability to create carts directly on a distributor website from Octopart. Now, I'd like to note that not all distributors are supported with this feature. Of course, that requires some collaboration between Octopart and the distributor, but it is a really great time saver. This way, you don't have to download the BOM, re-upload it on another site, or manually punch in part numbers on the distributor site. You can just click a couple of buttons and it will automatically create a cart on the distributor site and then you can go through and make a purchase. Some of the search workflows, of course, involve either preferred distributors, preferred manufacturers, by specification, or by availability. So with preferred distributors, as I mentioned earlier, I think uh, some users or some companies have preferred distributors. I know for us it's DigiKey and Mauser. Other companies have their preferred distributors, um, and that could arise for a variety of reasons. One common example that I've seen is that DigiKey and Mauser might extend you credit 
and so it makes sense to work with them on an ongoing basis. Um, some people may have preferred brokers, and so I've included WinSource here in this list because they're one of my preferred brokers. Um, other people have their preferred brokers, and so you can search just based on uh, which of your preferred distributors or brokers you want to use to find parts. Another one is, of course, preferred manufacturer. There are some uh, semiconductor manufacturers who make a lot of common parts, and you can search by their uh, part availability if you like. Um, you can do that in the same type of uh, workflow that you would use for preferred distributors. Um, by specification is another common workflow. Um, People may have, or designers may have uh, prioritized specifications that are the absolute most important for their particular design. Um, and then you can, of course, prioritize those specs when you are creating your search on Octopart. Um, another one that is really common once a design is ready to go into production is searching by package. This is, of course, to try and ensure pin for pin compatibility or uh, at least footprint compatibility in the design. That way, if a desired part does go out of stock, you can at least find something that's going to be roughly compatible, and you can do that using a package specification. And then, as I saw, uh, mentioned earlier, there's, of course, prioritizing by environmental specification. Um, you could do that as well based on REACH, Rojas, or lead-free. And then finally, by availability. Now, of course, people always want to have in-production parts and in-stock parts, but sometimes if you're working on a legacy design, you may want to prioritize obsolete parts. Um, this could be done for a variety of reasons. One of the most common is found in, for example, legacy aerospace or military equipment. There may be obsolete parts in those uh, particular systems, and uh, there may not be any kind of timeline to do any kind of redesign. However, you may need to build something. In that case, you may need to actually find that obsolete part and put it into production. So now I'd like to move into a demo to show some of these workflows. So let's go ahead and jump into Octopart. So you can see here, I'm on the Octopart homepage. And there are a few ways to get started on a couple of these workflows. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the first uh, two that we can jump into immediately are searching by distributor and searching by manufacturer. And if you're on the homepage and you want to search by preferred distributor, just scroll down a little bit, you will see this search by distributor option. Of course, you can then just click, for example, DigiKey. And it will create a search where DigiKey filtration is already automatically applied. Um, you can then, of course, go in here and create a search based on some component that you want to find, for example, DC-DC converter. And when you create this search, you also have the ability to apply distributor filtering if you like. So, for example, I've clicked DigiKey and started on that route, but I could also, for example, add Mauser here and the parts uh, result list will automatically update with Mauser's parts as well. Another option is, of course, to go back to the home page and click by manufacturer. So if we start on the home page, we can just scroll down, find a manufacturer that we want to prioritize, and we can select that manufacturer here, and then we'll end up in the same spot that we saw in the previous search. Of course, we could also just come over to here, and if I wanted to, I could, for example, select Texas Instruments, and it will narrow down to everything for Texas Instruments. So that's a pretty simple way to get started on prioritized uh, searching by distributor or manufacturer. Um, 
The other, I think, more common method for finding new parts, rather than just prioritizing manufacturer, is of course to maybe start with, let's say, DigiKey as your prioritized uh, uh, prioritized distributor, and then start searching by specification. So, just as an example, uh, with a case or package specification, we have here an option to filter by case or package. Um, you could do this directly here if you want to filter out specific packages. So for example, if I wanted to use a leadless part like a QFN and a DFN, or if I wanted to use, for example, maybe a BGA or an LGA, you may, you'll be able to find all of that in this list. Now, um, once you have selected some of those cases and packages, you can then, of course, go down here and look in this uh, parts research, uh, parts results area, and you'll have the option to sort by package if you like. So here, if I want to do a search that prioritizes a, a specific package, I can sort this by package. Here you can see it places QFN on the top. If I go down to these other uh, pages, uh, you'll then see the DFN results. You can also just sort it the other way, and then it will show the DFN results first, as you can see here, and then uh, the QFN results will be on the later pages. Um, the other thing I can do is, of course, narrow down to specific specs using uh, some of these other uh, filters uh, that you can see here in this list. Now, some of these uh, entries are blank here, um, but what you could do, for example, is if I'm in this part specifications list, I can actually apply more filtering directly from this list just by using this little button here. So this little button may be hard to see because it's located in between these two arrows, but if I click on this, I'll be able to then uh, go through and specify a voltage range that I want to use. So for example, I could go from, let's say, four to, let's say, nine volts as my minimum supply voltage and apply that. And it will apply that filtration here uh, at, when I go through and uh, start looking through these results. So you can see here, it's filtered out um, several of the results that I didn't want, and it's only showing me uh, components with that supply voltage. I could do the same thing here with the maximum supply voltage if I wanted to, and if I just scroll over here, um, you can see all of these other uh, uh, specifications uh, that I can also use for that type of filtering. So when doing this uh, filtering by spec, um, I think it's best to prioritize just a few specifications because if you start filtering too much, uh, you may find that you actually eliminate all of the components in this list. Um, but if you just prioritize a few specifications, you can narrow this down to a manageable number of components. So you can see right here, we're already at 1,041 results, um, but as we keep applying these filters uh, just using these buttons, or by using the simplified filters up at the top, um, you'll then be able to narrow down to a manageable number of components and then start making comparisons. <clears throat> so let's take a look at one of these uh, parts results pages. Um, just as an example, this Texas Instruments part. So when you get to this uh, page, um, as long as you're logged in, you will actually see um, quite a few specifications that are uh, very useful here. Um, when I scroll down, you can see here we have the CAD models. So this shows us all the different uh, uh, partners that provide our CAD models. And then, of course, I have an option to preview, and I can see what the symbol and footprint look like. Or I can, of course, just download. And here you see you have options for several different CAD packages. Um, some of these will take you to an external site. So for example, I just clicked on uh, 
component search engine. You can see here it's forwarding us over to component search engine. And then if you have an account there, you can download uh, the parts from that website. Um, here on the right, you can see our environmental compliance. And uh, you see here that there is a lot of documentation on this particular part. Some of this is, of course, the technical drawing. We have the data sheets. Uh, we have some other technical metrics here uh, that are available under the technical specifications page. And then here we have an inventory history. So here you can see the inventory history that's listed um, only goes back up to one year, and you can see when it was last restocked. Now, this of course explains why with these two uh, preferred distributors, everything is out of stock. However, looking in this price and stock area, I just expand this, you can see that we have stock uh, with many overseas resellers and brokers. And of course, you can then speak to them if you need to uh, order this part and use it in your design. <clears throat> Next, going back down here, you can see that we have some supply chain information. We have the life cycle status and manufacturer life cycle status. And then we have our also C and some descriptions here, as well as uh, some additional information. Now, uh, regarding the environmental compliance and uh, supply chain availability, I just want to go back here to the search results because if we go back to these search results, we can actually filter based on that information. So scrolling over here to the right, you can see that we have some options for compliance. So this would be the area where we could then filter out lead-free versus containing lead uh, components. And we can do that either using the sort or we can do that using this little filter window that you see right here. So in this filter window, if I wanted the lead-free component, of course, I just check this box, hit apply. We wait a couple seconds and it will filter out all of the components that contain lead. And we could, of course, do this with radiation hardening and Rojas uh, if we wanted to. Um, regarding availability, of course, one thing that is very useful is, of course, to filter out anything that is not available because of course at the end of the day we want to purchase a component so it makes sense to only filter by things that are actually in stock so you have an option to do that right here under this availability tab just click in stock and it will filter out everything that is not in stock so you have to give it a couple of seconds to update but eventually it does update and then you can see here that we only have components that are listed as in stock with authorized sellers um, over here on the left we have the market data this is where you could access CAD models directly from search results. You'll also see a summary of the availability from these authorized sellers. Uh, the next thing that I wanna go into is uh, what you can do with the BOM tool. So to access the BOM tool, you do need to be logged in, but the BOM tool is going to allow you to quickly uh, implement uh, some of the other workflows that I mentioned. Uh, specifically around quoting, optimizing your spend, and quickly identifying out-of-stock parts, as well as uh, creating uh, carts with distributors. So if I just create a new tab with the BOM tool, and go over here, you can see here that I am logged in, you are looking at some of my saved BOMs right here, and then I have an option to create a new BOM. So uh, what I'm gonna do is just upload a sample BOM, and then the BOM tool is gonna to go through this line by line, and it's going to create a parts list here uh, after it finishes processing uh, my BOM. I'll give it just a moment. 
Okay, so now it's finished processing everything. Um, you can see here that it included my header row. Of course, any row that I don't want to keep in this BOM, I can just click this little trash can right here and delete it. And you can see here that it also contains some components that don't actually get mounted to the board. Um, so for example, we have this mechanical part, there's an LED strip that uh, attaches to this assembly, and then we have some other parts that aren't actually going to be mounted on the board. But everything else that is in this VOM uh, is going to be procurable, and we can then start to look at what is available from different distributors and what is going to be of course, in production or not recommended for new designs. So just from looking at this BOM, we do see that there is one capacitor here from Murata that is not recommended for new designs. All of that appears right here under the life cycle uh, column. You can also see here that um, there's a list of preferred distributors and you can see the stock come up from these preferred distributors. Now, uh, one thing that I like to do is of course go in here click edit, and you can modify this list of preferred distributors to your liking. So let's say I wanna remove RS components, but I wanna add in, let's say, Aero Electronics. I just click a couple of buttons, and then it rearranges my preferred distributors list. Another thing that's very useful in this window is BOM coverage. So the BOM coverage basically tells you how much of the bill of materials can that particular distributor procure. That's listed in this column. So once you've added in your list of preferred distributors, just click save and it will automatically update. And so from here, you can then start to see what is the total bomb price for this assembly for a single batch. This would basically be one assembly. Now, uh, what I like to do when dealing with attrition is to, of course, just add in a fixed percentage to my total number of assemblies that I want to build. So let's suppose that I want to build 10 assemblies, but I need to account for 20% attrition. What I can do is I can price this out using a batch size of 12. So in that case of 10 assemblies plus 20% for attrition, I just enter in 12 right here. You can then see what my unit price is going to be based on price breaks. And then here we have a total bomb price. So this is a really good estimate of what the actual cost will be just for the parts. It doesn't include shipping. Um, what you should actually do is then go and go over to the distributor site and finish pricing it out. Um, and that's going to give you the, the final price that you will actually pay. Um, of course, when you go to these distributor sites, you may see some other price breaks come up um, as you look through their inventory. Um, if you wanted to, for example, very quickly create a cart on DigiKey, you can do that. Just click the Buy Now button, and your browser will open a window for DigiKey, and all of those parts will immediately appear inside of a DigiKey cart. And then you can use the tools in DigiKey to start modifying this, locating their price breaks, etc., and then um, execute a purchase. So that completes our demo for the BOM tool. And uh, I think now we can uh, move on to the next section. <clears throat> uh, 
So thank you everyone for joining us on this session of the uh, Mastering Octopart series. Um, as we bring uh, today's presentation to a close, we want to express our gratitude for your active participation. Remember, this webinar will be available on demand and listed on the Pulse next week, so you can revisit the valuable insights shared today. We encourage you to stay engaged in the Mastering Octopart journey. Join us for our third webinar on February 22nd, where we will delve into navigating and customizing your workflow. This session will equip you with some advanced search strategies, including the parametric search filters and comparison tools. This is all designed to streamline your component research and design process. So now let's switch gears and open up the floor to questions. Uh, Adrian Lieberman, our go-to person for all things product marketing, is here to tackle whatever you throw at us. So please feel free to fire away with your questions. Thank you, Zach. Uh, yes, so looks like we do have a couple of questions. Um, the first question is asking if there is a way to set up alerts for components that are currently out of stock, but could, I guess, could be available in the future. Is there a way to do that? Yeah, so very quickly, I will just go into one of these parts and show you where that is. So here, there is this watch button that will add it to a watch list and you will get notifications when um, something about the part inventory changes. Um, those uh, notifications come by email. Great. Uh, the next question is asking, uh, are there any features that allow users to share their search results or findings, key findings with colleagues? Yeah, so whenever you're in this search results, uh, Let's see, let's let it back up for just a second. But whenever you're in this search results page, um, you could of course just copy the URL. Um, copying the URL will, uh, and, and then sending it to somebody else, they can just click on it and they will basically reproduce this entire search. Um, if you're working in the BOM tool, you can of course download a, a BOM and then you can share it that way. Um, as far as watch lists, um, things like that, um, I would encourage you to stick around for part three and you can learn more about that aspect. Okay, well, ooh, one more question. Um, every um, every new bomb I upload, I have to set my set my preferred distributors. Is there a way to have those saved for all bombs that I load? So I think that's another aspect that we'll run over in part three, since that's more of personalization. Um, so I would invite you to stick around for part three to learn more about that. Um, Poke around though inside of your profile. Um, there are areas where certain things are personalized and you can see that in your profile. Great. Um, yeah, that's, it looks like that is our questions for today, unless anyone else has any questions um, that they wanna enter in the last moments. I think we should be good. Thank you, everyone.